Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. What does the Bible say about the assurance of salvation? Now, the plan will be to look at this in two parts. In the first part, we'll go over basically just laying the groundwork for the question. So we'll look at definition. We'll look at the importance of uh, the doctrine, the relationship of the doctrine to uh, the system of, of salvation. We'll compare it to, to other systems. Uh, and we'll look at then at the duty to, uh, to pursue the assurance of salvation. And then all this will be uh, discussed in the context of the possibility. Is it actually possible to have an assurance of salvation? Um, and so that'll be what we do in part one. In part two, we're going to look at the ground. So how is it that you can actually know that you, you are, in fact, saved from your sins? Now, the first thing, when we talk about definitions, the, the important thing to keep in, in mind with regard to assurance is assurance of salvation is more than simply assurance regarding your current state of salvation. The idea is that it must also include assurance that you will have that state all the way into eternity. That is to say that there is a connection between uh, the state of salvation that you have and what will happen uh, with the state of salvation that you will continue to have all the way uh, to the end. The reason this is important is because if you can only be assured of your current state, which there would be some systems that would say this. So for instance, the Arminian system uh, would often say that you can be assured of your state, your current state, but not of your final perseverance. Uh, in the Catholic Church, it's really un- it can it can in very many ways be uncertain as to to uh, all of it, uh, in the sense that um, you know you can you you could potentially you know not know where you stand until the last day. You certainly wouldn't be able to to know for sh- for certain that you've uh, done enough to avoid uh, say purgatory. Um, and so there are different levels of assurance between Arminians and Catholics. But the thing that would be similar in both of them, which would be contrary to what I'm saying, the definition is here. Uh, is that both of them would deny the possibility of assurance of salvation that would extend into glory. So the Arminian, at best, can only be assured of his current state, but he cannot be assured that he will not fall away, at least in, in uh, most of the ways that Arminianism is, uh, is described. Um, so the, the point is that when we talk about the assurance of salvation, we are talking about more than simply your current state. Um, we, we see this, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 6, where the, uh, where the author says, um, that he, he is imploring the, the, the congregation he's speaking to to make every effort to be diligent in going on to the full assurance of hope. So there are the full assurance of hope. Uh, the idea of, of connecting with hope is that the assurance is related to things that are coming in the future. It's not just about your current state. Um, so the, a similar thing can be said about uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, you know, the common text that's used with regard to perseverance, but it also is related in some sense to assurance because... Um, The Apostle Paul there is drawing a connection between the current state of the Philippians he's speaking to and their final state. And he he even uses languages of assurance. He says, I am convinced of this very thing, that he who began a a good work in you will will, uh, bring it to completion on the day of Christ. So there there's a connection between the beginning of the work and the end of the work such that uh, being convinced of the one leads naturally to being convinced uh, of the other. And this is the reason why as well um, in 1 John, which is probably the, the strongest book with regard to uh, assurance, basically the, the whole book, even just by the purpose statements of John uh, in 1 John, is related to, to the doctrine of assurance. Why in, in John's formulation, he'll say that it's that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, 
not that you are currently in a state where you will obtain it if you if you persevere, but rather that you have eternal life, that you have it now. And, and the idea there is is that if you have eternal life, it's not it's not going to be uh, lost. You will in fact um, you will in fact have this in the future. Um, the idea of eternal life is forward looking. Um, it's forward looking to what you will receive uh, on the last day. And so um, the the idea with with First John is to say, you know, how can you know that you are in possession now of eternal life? Um, so because of this, there is a connection between the system of doctrine uh, and assurance. Assurance is in some ways a test of uh, a system of doctrine, whether or not um, there is a consistent view of the sovereignty of God's grace. That's really the, the thing that makes assurance possible. Um, so the reason why an Arminian and a Catholic will both deny the possibility of assurance with regard to your state on the last day is because both of them deny the sovereignty of God's grace. They both deny the sovereignty of God's grace. So, so there is something about man and man's decision that is um, ultimately determinative to his end state. And the idea then is man is fallible, man can change, man is, is subject to all kinds of changes with regard to his, his uh, condition, his frame of, of thought. Uh, there are things that can happen to man, and it, therefore, if it is in some ways dependent upon man, um, if man is ultimate, then uh, then it can be lost. Now, if God is ultimate, if God's the one that's given salvation, then it can't be lost because God's not going to fail. God's not subject to these changes. Um, if if God has declared His intention to keep all those who truly are in a state of salvation, then it must happen. So there's a connection between the sovereignty of God's grace uh, and the possibility of assurance. Now. Uh, even with regard to this, the Calvinist is not denying that there is in some ways a relationship with man's will. Um, when a person believes, it is the person who wills uh, with regard to the, that belief. Uh, uh, faith is itself an act of the will. It's an act of trust, which is an act of the will. Uh, and therefore, it's not to say that there is no connection with man. But the the reason why, why, uh, why assurance is possible in the reform system is because uh, faith though it is a real act of the will, is not uh, is, is something that is itself the product of God's grace. God is the one who grants faith. God is the one who grants faith. He also has the power to grant perseverance to whomever, to whomever he chooses. And we are told in the scriptures that the one who begins the good work by giving faith will also bring it to completion. This is the reason why the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 will speak of the connection between justification and glorification. You know, those whom he's called, he's also justified. And those whom he's justified, he's also eventually, as it says in the text, glorified. So there's a connection between that initial work and then the end work that is going to happen uh, when, uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And the idea there is that there is a, because there is a connection between these two, which can only be true if God's grace is sovereign, then the assurance of salvation is possible. Uh, now, um, one kind of indirect argument for the sovereignty of God's grace is just the very fact that the scriptures, particularly the New Testament, does say that the assurance of salvation is possible. Even more than that, it is a duty. It is a duty. So that's the, that's the, the next part that we're going to talk about. Uh, it is a duty for every Christian to pursue the assurance uh, of their uh, salvation. Now, um, this would, of course, be something that would be good um, if you think about with regard to uh, just even your own spiritual state and condition. Certainly, if it is possible to know that you have eternal life, wherein you will spend your eternity with God, seeing the face of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
that would be a good thing to know. It would be uh, clearly a good thing to know. And in fact, it is a mark of great immaturity for a Christian if he does not think that his assurance uh, is an important thing to pursue. And this is the reason why, again, in the text I've mentioned, Hebrews chapter 6, there is this exhortation to uh, be diligent, make every effort uh, to, uh, to, to get to a full assurance of hope. There's a reason why, you know, again, the entire letter of 1 John is speaking about, uh, about how you can know that you have this assurance of salvation. You think of even the exhortation given in 2 Peter 1, where he speaks about the need to make your calling and your election sure. Do everything you can to make sure that your calling and election is sure. The idea there is that it is possible to know that your calling and election are sure. Notice even in the language of, of Peter, if, if your calling and election are sure, not just the fact that you have been called into a certain state, but that you can actually know that you are elect. And if you are elect, then you will also be glorified on the last day. So uh, again, the, in terms of uh, what is being, uh, what we're talking about with regard to assurance, it is the, the full picture on, in the, on the last day, uh, you will in fact have um, eternal life. Now, that's a little bit about um, the, the duty We've looked at some of the different systems, why it's not possible to have assurance of salvation, uh, particularly in the Arminian system and then also in the, in the Catholic system. And this would include others like us. This would include um, you know, things like Eastern Orthodox uh, that have fundamentally the same view with regard to um, salvation. Um, so again, against the, the, the very fact that the scriptures encourage you to pursue assurance means it is possible, which means that God's grace is sovereign. Now, the one, the one perhaps exception uh, with regard to the statement that assurance of salvation is possible uh, and affirming God's sovereignty is um, there is is a, a form of what is probably something like an Arminianism uh, in most cases um, where there is this statement that uh, is made once saved, always saved. Uh, that is sometimes made by those who will uh, in fact deny the sovereignty of God's grace. Now that's not, that's not always the case, but that language can be can be broadly used, but sometimes it is. So the idea is like you know you've made your profession of faith, and therefore uh, you know you'll be saved on the last day. Um, and this is not always grounded in a robust view of the sovereignty of God's grace. Um, and because of that, that um, leads to great problems. Uh, one of the things that the Roman Catholics always accuse the Reformed of doing is is uh, saying that you know if you if you pursue this assurance stuff, it will just lead people to presumption. They'll just think they can just live however they want. Um, the response has always been, well, uh, the God who grants faith will also grant the continuance in, uh, uh, in grace, in faith. And if a person does fall away, which is possible in the sense that someone can make a credible profession of faith and then fall away, uh, that, will, that will, will mean that he was never truly converted, uh, and yet it could look like he is converted. And therefore, uh, the Reformed view, it doesn't lead to presumption because all of the warnings in Scripture that are given to those who are truly members of the Christian church uh, still do apply. Um, if, if you do not continue, you will not be saved. And some will not continue, and they will not be saved. Um, this does not contradict the sovereignty of God's grace because uh, those within the visible church, some portion, proportion of that will truly believe, and those who truly believe will continue, and it's possible to know that you are one of those who truly believes. Now, uh, it does lead to presumption, however, if you do not root the doctrine of assurance in the sovereignty of God's grace. So if you have an attitude of once saved, always saved, and you base that merely on a confession of faith. So, so the idea here is there is a, um, 
This often goes with a, a more decisionistic view of, of conversion, you know, trying to get someone to pray a prayer. And then immediately after the prayer is prayed, you know, inviting Jesus into your heart, that sort of thing. Immediately after that, there is a declaration of assurance. God will keep you to the end. Well, uh, maybe he'll keep you to the end. It depends on if the profession of faith, uh, and even if we can, it's, it's not exactly accurate either to equate the prayer with a confession of faith. But if, even if we, we grant that, and you, you say that the prayer was a confession of faith, um, even there, um, you know, the question is, is, it, is that profession of faith, is, it a, is that a reflection uh, of the heart? Um, so there cannot be just a, um, a, a grounds for assurance that is uh, related to the fact that you've made a profession of faith. Um, this, so this will be related to what we talk about in part two with regard to the grounds. Um, it, it cannot be simply that you've made a profession of faith, therefore you are assured on the basis of that profession of faith uh, that you do in fact have uh, eternal life. That's not one of the grounds uh, for uh, the assurance of, uh, uh, of salvation. And what this, what this view tends to do is it, it tends also to have uh, implicitly a very, very high view of man. So the only way that you could have a true assurance of salvation while also having a denial of the sovereignty of God's grace is if you have a very high view of man. The idea is that every single person uh, who makes a profession of faith will in fact continue in that profession of faith. And God will basically honor that and say, you're, you're good, you're saved. Um, even if you, you know, even if you, uh, live, you know, like the devil afterwards. And so, um, and so this is clearly wrong. Um, this is clearly wrong as well. And it's one of the, the, the dangers of, uh, of making, um, assurance possible outside of the Calvinist system uh, of doctrine. Uh, if you do it, if you do that, it, it will in fact lead uh, to presumption. And against this are all the statements in the scriptures, uh, which do speak of a necessity of perseverance. And this is one of the reasons why um, the doctrine in Reformed circles is called the perseverance of the saints rather than eternal security. There is a slight difference. So the once saved, always saved view is uh, a, is describing, um, is really resting its, its basis on the idea of eternal security. Once you make that profession of faith, then you know you're secure. The Reformed view is perseverance, which goes beyond security. Everyone who truly believes is secure, but he is secure and will persevere to the end. And that perseverance is, in fact, a necessary condition for the obtaining of salvation. Uh, only those who endure to the end will be saved, as the Lord Jesus Christ says in the Olivet Discourse. It's only those who will endure to the end who will be saved. God grants that perseverance sovereignly to all those who are his elect. And all those who, who are his elect are effectively called from the heart. They are truly in a state of salvation. They've received it. And all of those people will persevere because God has said that he is the one who will grant it. And so this is, this is a little bit of an overview about assurance with regard to its duty, uh, the relationship it has to other doctrines, uh, and its definition of what we're talking about with regard to assurance. So we'll look uh, next week, uh, or in a couple weeks, part two, we will look at um, the grounds of assurance. As I mentioned, uh, part of the problem with a once saved, always saved view uh, is that um, it doesn't really have a, a clear understanding of what the grounds are. So we'll look at uh, what the scriptures teach the grounds of assurance are. And the, the goal of this is so that you can understand the, uh, what the Bible teaches about assurance, that you might have the assurance of your salvation. And if you don't have it, if you look at the grounds, uh, as explained in part two, and you realize, you know, I really have no grounds for assurance, um, that, that this would be a wake-up call to you to uh, pursue full assurance, the full assurance of hope uh, to the end, that you might, uh, through faith and endurance, inherit the promises.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at newcovenantopc.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. May God enlighten the eyes of your heart, that through the preached word your eyes may be opened to behold the glory of Christ more and more.